0: praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord <clears throat> praise god we are uh, uh, thank you i put that slide let me put this slide back up um, <clears throat> i uh, wanted to draw your attention to this slide uh, <clears throat> we have had several individuals that have done a great job uh, over the years with our seniors and going on outings and trips and and uh, <clears throat> there was a time when we had two vans we we're down to one van and uh, we've had people that have uh, brother and sister gatton brother and sister brown and the great house helped and others over the years that have helped with having activities for our seniors and of course we have a lot of seniors that are unable to come to all the activities, and I talked with uh, Brother John and Sister Jan, and Brother Rich and Sister Carolyn, um, about getting some activities um, this um, uh, coming year, uh, if uh, people were able, that things that they could, be here. And Sister Carolyn, I want to add uh, my folks and my wife and I, and I'll give you the money. I didn't get it in by Saturday, but uh, add us to the count uh, for that uh, this coming Saturday, December the 3rd at 4 o'clock, they're going to have pizza and uh, <coughs> games, and whether that's um, you know, we would ask you not to be gambling unless you're planning on giving it all to the building fund. Uh, But, uh, you know, uh, we would like for uh, you uh, you to, uh, if you're 55, now if you're 54 or 53 or 50 or 49 and you wanna join us, we're not gonna check your driver's license, but, uh, basically, w- w- the games we're gonna be playing are probably not Twister. And for those of you who may or may not know what that game is, you have to be of a certain age to even remember that game where you put your you know, right hand on the blue circle or your left hand, foot on the green circle or whatever. Uh, so we will be uh, playing some games and having some pizza, and uh, if you have a game, and if you don't have a game other than Twister, um, we'll come and uh, figure out a way that we can do it with uh, sitting in a chair and play Twister, if it's a new game called Chair Twister or something, and that starts (coughs) at four o'clock. So don't wanna forget that announcement. I haven't been here to sort of uh, make that, But um, this is one of the things, they're gonna do some trips where we go uh, over the weekend, or I mean like on a Saturday or a day, they're gonna do some other outings and they're gonna try to range them in price so that Some can be involved, and if you, um, you know, we put the age low enough, so I know that some have uh, brother Mick probably wouldn't be able to drive, but sister Brenda could bring him, and and the same is true with sister Hartley and others that we have that are seniors that could come, and you know, family could join them and not feel uncomfortable. And as I said, they won't be checking your driver's license, but. I wanted to uh, draw your attention at least uh, to that um, because that is, um, we're, we're kind of starting that up. As, as all of you know, we went through COVID. If you didn't know that, it's been a wonderful journey and um, we're thankful that we're hopefully coming uh, where it's not quite as devastating uh, as it had been and we did uh, make a lot of changes with classes and and uh, <coughs> getting things done and then of course um, you know we've had individuals that have been touched by illness and loss from, uh, I, if I start naming uh, I will leave somebody out and they're all been very important to us and from the ladies and the men and, and those standpoints and it feels like being pummeled time and time again and I know, uh, you know, we've all felt the loss, felt the loss of strength, uh, et cetera, et cetera and I know uh, it has been at times uh, felt overwhelming, but uh, we're here and we're we're loving God. God is moving, God is doing some great things. We had a, a great trip to Israel. <coughs> we uh, saw some different things than we had five years ago. Part of that was because of more excavation and uh, more uh, that they've uncovered and um, we uh, just, we we went, we started, we went up to Caesarea and then we uh, went up to Dan and and saw where the the old, uh, where they had set up, when the kingdoms divided, where they set up the golden calf. And then we came down to the Sea of Galilee and we had, uh, we rode a boat and we saw uh, where the Mount of Beatitudes and uh, the Sermon on the Mount and we saw a lot of the places where Jesus uh, had been and Mary Magdalene and, a, and a, uh, uh, an old um, synagogue that had been unearthed there. And we, we, we just made several uh, of those stops and then we went down to the Dead Sea which is toward the southern part of Israel and then we came back up to about the middle where Jerusalem is and we saw uh, the city of Jerusalem and uh, spent several nights there in Jerusalem. Our last day was Sunday. It would have been your Saturday night and Sunday morning but <clears throat> because of the times difference, seven hours, and we were uh, finishing at the, um, the, in the uh, old city uh, of Jerusalem and we went by what is known as the Western Wall or used to be known as the Wailing Wall. They don't call it the Wailing Wall because they say we, our prayers were answered. We have control of the city now. So we are just, that's, we pray, that's our Western Wall. And so uh, we were there and, and we saw that again the second time we had been in the tunnels underneath that where they have been excavating and, and seen uh, several of those sites. And we were coming out of the southern part of that which heads toward the city of David where uh, the now under Palestinian control although they have excavated new Uh, areas all through there. And uh, since we were there five years ago, they have uncovered what's called the Southern Steps that walk up to what would be, if there was a gate, into uh, where the Dome of the Rock is. Uh, There's the Wailing Wall, which is the Western Wall, and then, uh, if you think of the eastern wall of that, uh, the, uh, you know, it uh, would be on your side, the western wall over here is the Wailing Wall, or the, the western wall, then on this side is the eastern wall where the, the eastern gate is blocked up, be, and because they, uh, the Muslims block that up, thinking that if they block it, the Messiah cannot come through that, as was prophesied, and they put a grave in front of it, and the northern part is in, um, uh, the, the edge of that goes into um, the Armenian temple, uh, and Muslim territories of the city, and we we were through near that, came through Joppa Gate and saw that inner wall. The southern wall, and now they have excavated and there are steps there leading down to the street level where uh, Jesus could have easily come up those uh, southern steps or through the Eastern Gate, which would have been open when he was there, or uh, through, anyway, n- numerous ways into what is currently would be considered the Temple Mount. And so we were there on the Southern Steps, and we uh, Sunday was even- evening was closing, and we uh, had uh, gotten some grape juice and some matzah crackers, and so we had communion, and we began to pray and pray for one another, and, and uh, we prayed for all of you. You were about to get ready to start service in um, uh, about that time, and we were praying, asking the Lord to bless you and touch you, and uh, asking uh, the Lord for blessing, and then we began to sing and my wife and uh, several were singing, leading a song, and uh, a group of men, probably 50 or so, we had seen them in the city. Uh, They were singing a Hebrew song, and then they went into a French song and um, could tell that it was, of course, uh, French, uh, only I, because I have taken French in high school many years ago, and I could hear uh, the the sounds, and they sounded French. And then, plus they went instead of one, two, three to start, they went un, deux, trois, and so you knew it was French. And they were singing in the city. Well, it so happened that we had finished our service, and we were singing. And uh, they came out, and so my wife switched to Spanish and sang a song in Spanish, and they could understand it because both French and Spanish are romantic languages. Or, And so they started singing the song with us in French and then sang in French, and uh, come to find out when we met them, they were um, they identified themselves as gypsies, we are gypsies. Basically, they were Egypt of Egyptian descent, and they had been relocated into France many years ago. And ironically, our guide, Ami, said, I took the, this man's grandfather on a tour about 30 years ago, and he said, um, they are um, from the, um, Egypt originally, and they had relocated, they sort of a branch of the Coptic, for those of you who may or may not know. But if you remember several years ago, there were numerous um, Christians in Egypt that were beheaded by the Muslims everybody remember that, that would not, you know, renounce Jesus Christ, and so they would have been from that sort of uh, period, and, uh, or that group, but um, uh, our guide said, all I know about them is when they get to pray, and they get loud, and they start talking funny, and And here we were singing, and it was like the Lord. Here we are on the southern steps of the Temple Mount, and the Lord brings two Holy Ghost-filled groups of people together, raising their hands and worshiping. I think, I know I have a video of it, and we'll try to show you some of that. But, uh, you know, you just, it's like the Lord is saying, guess what, you're not alone, and no matter where you are, there are the people that I will have a people. And so, you know, here we are growing apostolic legacy. And I was thinking of all of those things and, and just um, feeling, you know, the loss of Brother Larry and the loss of all the things that we've been through. And yet, there is, we're supposed to be feeling victorious through faith. Now, I don't always feel victorious. But that's what faith is all about, that we are supposed to feel victorious. Now, you may say, but you don't know what I've been through. How do I have the victory? Well, I'm going to just take you on a little tour through the life of Paul and some that will show you why that is (coughs) that, first of all... um, it's, it goes down to light versus darkness. And um, how much darkness does it take to put out a candle? Can darkness overpower a candle? No. It's like it's impossible to increase the darkness, right? I mean it may not be whatever but it's impossible to add more darkness and end up with you know I can overpower that candle and the reason I I I speak that is because John really discussed some of this in his Uh, actually in not only St. John, but in 1 John. I'll read you some of the verses in both. (laughs) But in 1 John, he said it like this. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. I know you say, well, I don't have a lot of joy. It feels like people are sick, things have happened. You know, we're facing all kinds of situations. There's all kind of stressors in my life. There's all kind of things going on. And he said, I'm writing you so that you'll be full of joy. This is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that what? God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. He said, you should be joyful that you are full of light. And you say, well, you know, but you don't understand. He said, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, what will happen? you're going to have fellowship. Now you say, "Well, I I was listening I was listening to a news report that said before COVID 2019 was people got together less than they had ever gotten together in times past. They had how, how often do you go out and fellowship with friends and go with friends and do? And they were blaming it on social media, Facebook, because people don't go out anymore. They connect through social media. And then after COVID and everything shut down, they said now it's increased even worse where people don't get together. I understand, I don't want to get sick, don't want to be around anybody, don't want to, I, I get it, I'm not not being critical, but part of why COVID was so devastating was it breaks fellowship. Does it feel like you can't be a part? Now, I know there are some watching online tonight, and they've texted me and said, we're watching, Pastor, and I get it. And I'm not saying that's not good, it is good. I'm glad we have the ability to connect that way. But yet, there is that sense of, I wanna stay connected. He said, if you walk in the light, you have fellowship and one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin now why is that all important because i want to tell you something anywhere you go and anything you do you can rest assured somebody'll make you mad and you're going to feel like i don't want to i don't want to talk to them i don't want to be with them <clears throat> and yet the blood has to cleanse us if you say you have no sin and then you're deceiving yourself. The truth is not in you. But if you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you go forward in that book, there's a lot of great verses, but in the fifth chapter, he says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begot, begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. In other words, you're going to love other people in church. Love being with folks from the house of the Lord. You say, well, I don't like them. I, those people are not perfect. That preacher is not perfect. But there's supposed to be a love that flows and we keep his commandments. He said, for this is the love of God. What is the love of God? That we keep his commandments. So when a person says, you know, you ask him, you say, well, do you love God? And they go, yeah. Do you read his word? No. Do you... Pray, no. Do you lie? Yes. Steal, cheat? Yes, yes, yes. Well, then you truly don't love him. I mean, put it in a human terms. If you're a husband or wife or your kids and you said, look, I want you to do A, B, C, and they go, no, no, I, I ain't doing that. And you said, please, it's not hard, it's... but I don't want to do it. Well, how would you feel about the relationship? Oh, well, they really love me, right? <laughs> no, you're going to go, wow, what's up? I mean, you're kidding, right? He said, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our, what's the word? Faith. So how do you keep the faith? Faith when there's so much junk going on in the world and i understand you know you can say man the world when you think of the world and the world systems whether it's in education or in politics or in you know in government or in banking or you know i i was listening to a podcast on my phone about uh, some world economic forum, and how they were, you know, trying to make all big corporations, uh, quit loaning money to people that are not into green energy, and it was, it was I was just, my mind was reeling. I don't know if it's true or not true, but I was just like, man, the world has a system. And you can log on and hear people and they'll tell you how this is connected to that. And that's trying to take over this and that. And you can be overwhelmed. And he said, how are you going to get, how do you get victory over the world? By hanging on to your faith. Faith, faith in God. Faith that God still is able. God still is in control. God still is able to do anything. Nothing gets by him. I don't care how the world leaders try to figure out that we're going to change the economy or we're going to stop global warming or whatever they say. Nothing is out of the control of Almighty God. I still believe in God. That, that's hard at times, you know. You may say, "Well," but you don't know, and I and I, I get it. This John that wrote this is the same guy that opened up his book, you know, about the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and and he opened up uh, the book of Saint John in a in a in a powerful uh, d- discussion about. Who Jesus was. In fact, let me uh, read you, uh, and I know you, you can remember, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him. That's how he starts, and he gets to the fifth verse and says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Now that word John used in the Greek for comprehended is katalabano, however you say it in the Greek. And what it basically means is that the light could not seize control, overpower, possess, apprehend, could not defeat be defeated by the darkness. The darkness could not comprehend, could not seize control, could not overpower. The darkness could not possess. The darkness could not apprehend the light. Now we, we know that. By just knowing that there's no amount of darkness, you can't make it five times darker and the light gets dimmer. In fact, the darker it is, what happens? When you're outside and there's no light of the city and there's no other lights around and it's dark, If you ever wanna see the stars go out in the middle of the desert somewhere and look up and you're just overwhelmed by the number of stars You go into town, and a lot of those stars, what happens to them? They disappear. And you go, well, how could there be so many stars out there? Because it's darker. And so the small light, the darkness, the amount of darkness cannot overpower the light. And yet, Paul, when he wrote in Hebrews, he said it like this, Follow peace with all men and holiness, living right, without which no man shall see the Lord. And then he said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Now, how can you fail of the grace of God? When you think of grace of God as the unmerited mercy and forgiveness and kindness, we don't deserve it, you know, of Almighty God, something that we just don't have any hope of getting. I, I mean, and, and it's hard for us to imagine something like that. But, but let me just tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a quick look around the room. Okay, uh, let, me, let me go out on a limb here. But there's not one of you that is ever gonna win the MVP of professional football or the MVP of professional basketball or the Congressional Medal of Honor. Huh, sorry. You're not eligible, neither am I, okay? You may sit down every night and pray and ask God, I want to be the MVP of the NBA basketball for the year. Great, you pray that every night. I'm here to tell you, you're gonna fail of being the MVP. Cause you're just not in shape enough or tall enough or talented enough or serving in the, do you understand what I'm saying? And so how is it that we fail of the grace? It's not that the grace is not there for us. It's that I don't get myself trained or in a position to receive it. Just like none of us are gonna, you know, okay, maybe somebody in here will win the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know, though. I I wouldn't stake a lot on that. You understand? Well, here he said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. How could we fail of the grace of God? By getting a root of bitterness? Feeling like, Things aren't fair, and I'm angry, and I don't like what's happened in my life, and I'm lest and many be defiled. A fornicator, which is has to do with lust and perversion, a profane person like Esau, who sold his morsel of meat, he sold his birthright. Why Esau? And Jacob, both twins born. Why was it that one was basically, the Bible says, was hated by God? Was because he wanted what he wanted when he wanted it and he didn't care. What his mom and dad thought when he decided he wanted to get married to a particular woman, he didn't mind, he went and did it. They advised him or not. When he thought he was gonna die and he wanted a bowl of beans, I don't care about the... Then when it came time to get the birth right, he got mad. And you look at Esau, who it was like he wouldn't submit to the authorities in his life, but yet he wanted, the old saying goes, "This cake and eat it too. Now I know that's not us, but that's what Paul said right after the faith chapter. And in 2 Corinthians, he began writing about some of this. And he said, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom, notice this, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. There is, first of all, that Satan is the God of this world. You have to recognize that these world systems, the enemy will use to get people confused to try to blind people from the light of the gospel. And you can say, well, my children, you know, they're not bad, they're not good, they're not, they're just, they can be blinded to the light. And it's like, they're hidden from them. And he said, let the light of this glorious gospel of Christ who is in the image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Where did it shine? In our hearts. To give light, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then he goes through a list, a list that we've read <clears throat> and a list that's hard to read sometimes because what Paul was saying is no matter what you're going through, this little light of mine, I'm gonna, that's keeping the faith in the midst of the darkness. You say, but you don't know how overwhelming I am. You don't know how overwhelmed I am. You don't know what I've got. Uh, Keep, let your light shine. Take the bushel off. Put it under a bushel. No. No. I'm gonna let it shine. Why? Because I am gaining the victory through my faith. Here's what he said. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. Have you ever wondered what's going on? Why am I going through this? What's happening? I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why our men are under attack. I don't understand that. Have you ever been perplexed? Yet not in despair. How do you keep from being in despair? This little light of mine. Huh? He says, Persecuted. You ever felt like you've been done wrong? Persecuted? Oh God, why am I going through this? Why did this happen to me? Why did this go on in my life? Why did this, why, I've been persecuted. I'm being done wrong. How am I supposed to feel when I'm persecuted? I gotta remember I am not forsaken. That's letting my light shine. That's remembering I have a treasure in an earthly vessel. The same God that spoke and said, let there be light has shined in my heart, has put that power in an earthen vessel. Oh, Lord, when I, am, when I feel persecuted, when I feel attacked, I realize I am not forsaken. When I feel cast down, as if somebody threw me to the ground, yet I can say, Hey, you thought that one going to knock me down, Satan. Guess what? I'm not destroyed. Why? Because I have a light inside. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Oh, my. Now, that's, that's hard when you're going through through a persecution, or you're going through being cast down or trouble, it's hard to keep remembering I'm supposed to be a manifestation of Jesus. That takes faith. To act like Jesus would want me to act when I'm in the midst of it. That's why Paul would say, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And he goes through another list. For I am persuaded that neither, what? Death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now you say, but when you look at the life of Paul, even as recorded in the Bible, did he ever get hindered by Satan? Was he ever opposed? Read Acts 19 and Acts 20. In Acts 19, he's in Ephesus, he's preaching, and all of a sudden, the people all there decide, we're gonna kill him, and they threaten him, and they send him out of town, Acts 19 chapter. He goes to the next little town, a town called Miletus, and he rents a big hall in Miletus, and he invites the elders from Ephesus to come down, and he preaches to them in Miletus. What are you saying? Paul was hindered. Paul had things that happened that didn't make it easier on him. As a matter of fact, some of the most gruesome verses that Paul writes about are things that happened to him. Can read it in Second Corinthians, the eleventh chapter, starting at the twenty-third verse, and it's whoa! It's mind-boggling, because every once in a while I have a little pity party and think, "Oh man, all this and COVID and this is up, and then we know this person's gotten sick and this one's passed away and this one's been." Oh God, I can't. Here's what Paul said: Our they ministers of Christ, I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant. I meant Paul wasn't lazy. He worked. He said, I work, work, work more. than I'm, I work and work and work and work and work. And sometimes to no avail. Anybody ever felt that way? No matter how much I do, I'm not getting ahead. Then he goes on. He said, in stripes above measure. In other words, I've been beaten more times than I can even recount. Can't say that I've gone there. In prisons more frequent. Ever been thrown in jail for the gospel's sake. Probably should have been thrown in jail for speeding or doing something else, but it wouldn't have been for the gospel. Huh? Then he said, deaths, plural, deaths, oft. Now, I know Paul said, I die daily, but guess what? We have a record in Acts where one time he did die get stoned and left as dead and the way you read it it's almost like he died and the Lord resurrected him he said of the Jews five times five times everybody say five times received I he puts it as 40 stripes save one which means 39 stripes five. Times. Now, I want you to understand, according to Deuteronomy, it talks about how to beat someone according to Jewish tradition. And the first thing you did was you laid them, you took their clothes off, and you worked on their face and chest in the front and you gave them 26 lashes on the face and chest. A Jewish whip was different from a Roman whip. In a Roman whip, you had five to seven strands of hide. A Jewish whip only had three. One calf, two goat or lamb. They would have beads, rocks, whatever, glass, shards in it but they only had three strands, not five. They weren't cruel. Then they rolled you over and they worked on your back for the last 13, so that they would give you 26 on the front, 13 on the back, so you had 39. So you couldn't lay back and feel comfortable or forward. And he said, I had that five times. Five times 39. <laughs> Let me. I, I wrote it on the next slide. But we'll get there. Five times 39, I'll go to it, and then come back. Five times 39 is 195 times three strands according to Deuteronomy 25. So that's 585 times. So in my worst day, I haven't had that. He said 580 times, 85 times I was striped. Three times was I beaten with rods. Now you know how they beat you with rods? They would literally... Again, take a rod, bamboo, whatever, and they would beat you. Usually, you know where that happened? On your feet, because they, they wanted you to be crippled and not be able, you know, to walk. Especially if you were preaching the gospel and traveling, whatever. So he said, three times, my feet were beaten with rods. Once I was, was I stoned, we know that's true in Acts, uh, I think 14th chapter or 17th chapter, somewhere in there. Three times was I suffered shipwreck, I spent a night and a day floating in the ocean, in journeyings often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, Perils by my own countrymen, perils by the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings, hunger and thirst, fastings, cold, nakedness, besides those things which are without, those which come upon me daily, the care of all the churches." Plus, I had to take care of all the churches. Man, you read that list and you feel like, I haven't had it so bad. That's why Paul would say, Thessalonians, wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan, listen to how he words it, hindered us. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, if I would have gone through one of those beatings, I might have said, okay, that's enough. I'm, I'm out of here. I didn't sign on for this. Why am I going through all this? But listen to how he writes, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? What's keeping me going? Are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that is coming for you? Are our, our glory and joy that's why when we have the church of fellowship when I see someone else that is you know going through whatever they're going through and they're still praising God and loving God that should be the thing that I go Lord I can make it I can do it I don't have to let it overwhelm me I'm gonna let my light shine I've been touched by the light he said that's my joy when I see somebody else rejoicing. Remember he told Timothy in 2 Timothy about, you know, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of love and joy, and sound mind. And yet here's what he tells Timothy. I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles. And he knew for the which cause I suffer these things. Most of my suffering hasn't been because I've been preaching the gospel. And yet Paul said, I know that's one of the main reasons I'm getting beat, I've been stoned. Nevertheless, what did he say? I am not ashamed. Why? For I know in whom I have believed, I have the faith. I know who Jesus is. I know what he put inside of me. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him <laughs> against that day. What Paul was saying is, I don't care what they do to me. I still have faith faith. God is able to keep that which I, I have faith. I, I don't always wake up full of faith, but I, as I go through the day, I know I have faith. God is able. Colossians, he told them, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake. It's hard to believe he would say that. I rejoice in my sufferings for you. For the, what's going on in me, which is the church, where I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery. What is the mystery? That hath been hid from ages and generations but is now made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. We walked the streets of Jerusalem. We walked the Via de la Rosa. We looked at the stations of the cross. We looked at streets, that level where Jesus could have walked. We looked at all. We are at the southern steps. But you know what? What was so powerful is when we would begin to worship and feel the presence of Almighty God. And it would begin to flow out of us. It was like the confirmation when this group of French men came around and started joining us and singing what is it all about it was Jesus yes that's great that's where he was but we left there feeling him inside this little light of mine the Lord shine the light of the gospel into my heart I am so thankful that I know him that I understand the mystery that I have faith I can rejoice I can let my light shine when we preach Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, no matter what we go through, No matter how overwhelmed we feel we have got to be like paul most of us haven't been through what he's been through now you know you may have been through a lot but i dare say you've been beaten with rods and beaten with 39 stripes five different times for the gospel but you keep praising you keep rejoicing you keep praising. You keep reading his word. You keep stirring up the spirit of God. Why? Because knowing that the victory that overcomes the world is my faith. And well, Why do you keep rejoicing? Why do you keep praising? Why do you keep coming to the house? Why do you keep raising your hands? Aren't you overwhelmed? Sure. But guess what? The only thing I know to do is to let the light out take the bushel off you say well isn't satan trying to hinder you of course guess what he tried to hinder paul is he trying to work on your faith sure but guess what the lord put this light in here i didn't do it and there's no amount of darkness there's no amount of stress. There's no amount of problems. There's no amount of situation that can put out the light. You know who the only one that can put a bushel over the light? Me. Huh. It's nothing that can make this light go out. Nothing has more power. That's why he would go through the list. I don't care. Things present, things to come, tribulation, What? What is it that's greater than the love of God, huh? You say, but I'm I'm overwhelmed and I want what I want when I want. I, don't be like Esau. He, he he said, we 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 look we watch each other trying to make sure that nobody fails of the grace of God. How can you fail of the grace of God? It's the grace of God. You fail by letting these things overwhelm you to the point that you don't let your light shine. Oh, hallelujah. I know. It's easy to feel overwhelmed. It's easy to feel like, Lord, why this? Why that? But... This is the victory that's going to come. It's going to come through our faith. Victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That I hang on to God. Let's stand. This little light of mine.